How's it going, everyone? Uh, my name is John here again with Spirit Talk, and today we are fortunate to welcome, for me personally, one of my favorite uh, actors, character actors, I guess you could say, Michael Barabin. Um, if you don't know who he is, you probably haven't seen a plethora of horror movies from Hills of Eyes 1 and 2, his role in One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, The Giver, Weird Science, Double Dragon, Devil's Rejects. He's always that guy in the movie that makes that movie that much better even if he's on there for a split second. It's just amazing to have you on here, Michael. Well, uh, thank you, it's nice to be on board. Uh, I hope everybody that sees this is uh, doing well, staying safe and uh, you, know, you know, just do the right thing, be smart. We'll get through this together. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you for the nice uh, words. Uh, I, I always try to make my character uh, real, you know, um, play each role a little differently and uh, it's it, it internalize it, you know, and, and, and then um, well, I've been doing this for 40 years and I had some wonderful uh, mentors. Uh, I think when I did when I did Cuckoo's Nest, I remember I was there for 127 days and we were filming it in a real uh, Oregon State Hospital. We had a whole building and wing to ourselves. We we uh, spent two weeks uh, each day. We each had to spend at least an hour with a, a different type of patient from uh, geriatric to criminally insane, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, that's what they, that's how they called it. Um, and it, it was, it, it was an amazing experience. Um, my father was a neurologist uh, and brain surgeon. He was in the Navy, he was attached to the 333 Marines and he was in the South Pacific. And then when he uh, came back home, uh, he had a practice and, uh, uh, then he uh, contracted polio and couldn't do uh, surgery anymore. He became one of the top specialists with EEGs, echocephalogram, and wow. neurological uh, protocols uh, all over. The, he was like tops in the Western Hemisphere. Um, with your background and 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 my father's background, and also uh, I have a um, a lot of contacts that have mm, worked in the same field that, that you have. Yeah, um, I remember when um, uh, when I was at home, I was probably I don't know, 12, 14 years old, roughly. And I remember um, someone knocking at the door and I opened the front door and there was a gentleman wearing a black suit with a wire behind his ear and another hefty gentleman, uh, you know, they're, they're wearing out body armor. And uh, he was uh, standing by a uh, Lincoln town car and they were very polite and professional. and. Uh, uh, my dad grabbed his medical bag and, and took off and they flew him to Dallas for the Kennedy situation. And then also uh, when Bobby was shot and yep. the, the third time they came was when uh, he was to examine uh, um, um, what had happened to Marilyn Monroe. And wow. on his death, on, on, uh, before he died, he, he told me uh, that, uh, how she was murdered. You know, wow. Yeah. You know, um, Very, what a fascinating. Now, growing up, you was did that kind of help kind of your dad talking or even knowing he was involved in these type of cases? Did that help kind of lead you towards that where you kind of found that niche in the, the horror, like thriller genre? Or how did you kind of, that's a lot of stuff. That's heavy for a lot of kids to deal with. Yeah, as, as a kid, um, um, I was... 
Okay, I had craniectomy when I was like four years old and I had that one haircut. I explain all this in my book. I'm yep. almost done with it. Um, it's called, it's all good. We'll be getting the word out. Uh, that's why I'll be letting you know to spread the word and also on my I love it. website, etc. cetera. Um, my mother was a nurse uh, and I have a, 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 a great aunt and my sister, they were all nurses. And uh, my, my grandmother's uh, father was a, a very renowned surgeon and doctor from Germany, graduated from three universities, Heidelberg, Vienna, and Madrid. And in uh, North Dakota, before statehood, his neighbors were the Mayo family. So they all kind of, you know, they made medicines from the Native Americans, helped them yep. uh, know about what herbs and plants and roots and stuff. And, and, and that the more potent ones are along the edges of our rivers where we want them to flood. Of course, modern farming methods changed all that. With, chemicals and dams and then the, uh, the silt's not deposited. And I learned in grammar school, you know, the Nile River silt, you, know, you want it to flood. You don't, you don't build houses where it's gonna flood. You want it to flood, why? Because the silt has trace minerals and the trace minerals are, are, are what you want in your diet. Why? Because those are, those are the things that the creator put on the planet to put in our bodies. So our, our bodies that are amazing um, can heal, we can heal ourselves so much so. And, uh, uh, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, conspiracies, theories, or theories, or, or, or lectures. Right. Bottom, line, bottom line is uh, study real medicine, and, and you can uh, help yourself and your loved ones to have a, a, a nice, long, healthy life. Um, so aside from that, my, my father would go on house calls back in the day. They actually made house calls, and I would travel with him. And very, very often he would tell me about a particular patient he was seeing and what their situation was and whether they could get better or not. So he, he opened up my eyes to the real world, you know, science. Right. Uh, and, uh, and it was very, very beneficial. Uh, it served me well over the years. I, uh, I did some reading on other interview stuff. You, one of the things you hit on is the concept of bullying and dealing with these type of people as you're growing up. Um, now, it, it must say a lot about your character that you didn't lash out. You're able to kind of harness this mentality towards you. Because um, growing up, you were different. And, but you use that as, in a positive light where it's very inspirational to others. That, and I've talked to um, guys who've lost their legs and women, military, the war, and they come back, they, oh, people are going to stare at me, or they get third degree burns. And it's like, these people are able to, people like yourself are able to find the good and be who you are and be true to yourself. And how are you able to kind of do that as you grew up to kind of harness this type of? Great question. It's a great question. Um, uh, I had a, a grandmother, my mother's mother, her name is Sophie. She was like my mentor. I would spend a lot of time at her house and she would tell a lot of stories about family life and uh, she was very centered. Uh, her husband was Swedish, you know, very calm and, and matter of fact. Uh, not strict, but just chill. Uh, I, I think the, the most important aspect in, in this query is, is straight up honesty. You know, it's like, you know, just the facts, man, it's just the facts. And that gives you some tools to where you're not second guessing. And um, there are people that are mean. There are people that yep. uh, maybe don't understand and they'll point and stare. Uh, so yeah, as a kid, I, I saw 
the whole range from, oh, wow, you okay? Oh, were you burned? Oh, oh, oh you're a creep. Oh, you're, you're scary or, or, or this or that, or, or, or they make a bad joke or, you know, to try to ha harass you. And um, I, I, my, my father uh, taught a lot of lessons. And one of them was, for instance, he would be, we'd be driving in the car and he'd say, um, I've done a lot of autopsies, uh, never found the soul. Where do you think it is? He would throw yep. these zingers out to me. And, and I was very young, I remember maybe 10, as far back as I can remember when I had these types of conversations. Uh, my grandma, the, the, the same thing, a, a lot of wisdom, a, a lot of honesty. Um, kids are a lot more observant and aware than uh, most grown-ups give them credit for. You know, sometimes we want to, you know, overprotect them and, and hide certain things, but they do process information and what they what they take in, uh, in sight and hearing. So yes, I I had a friend that when I was uh, in grammar, very young in grammar school, he had polio. He walked with, with metal braces and he walked kind of funny, different. And uh, I had a very fiery temper. Let me get rid of this. I like it. Um, and um, so I, I, I would, you know, well, <laughs> someone tripped my friend with polio and, and, and I helped him get up and I, I ran over instead of messing with the kid, I went to the parents. I said, you're really bad parents. Look at the mean, wow. this mean activity from your child you you're not teaching them what they need to know um as i got older you know I'd occasionally i'd get you know get in a fight but uh basically it's like uh be smart enough to realize that the words aren't going to change them and and, and and so i exit the situation if i have no other option then then that's a different situation um but, um, you know, the philosophy of, uh, of getting to know who you are, uh, you know, that's the road everybody travels. And uh, um, that is the main thrust of, of, of my book, uh, how, how, that. That, how all that whole process came about, uh, what influences there were, uh, how I can, can we continue to learn what, what gifts and blessings come along, you know, in your day to day life. So how did you come to the conclusion that you needed to write this book? Was that something that's kind of, I mean, obviously being in front of the camera is one thing, but writing is a whole other piece of art. Was there any trepidation on your part kind of telling your story that you don't think the people don't know? Um, no, I, I've done a lot of interviews. I, uh, you know, I talk with uh, friends and fans at conventions. Uh, um, the, the, the information in the book is, is, is very personal. It's from the point of view of this. There's a picture of me with, before my haircut. I had curly hair as a little kid. He's got a little bow tie. And he's smiling. He's <laughs> it's all good. So I introduced the reader into the mind and, and, and the mindset of this young child uh, with the influences that are explained in his situation. And, and it's from the point of view, you're in that comfortable chair and you ride through the, this kid's experiences. It, uh, it ends with um, Cuckoo's Nest and, uh, and then Hills Have Eyes. It's not about uh, the movies that I made. I have been very blessed, but when I did wind up uh, getting into acting, it's not something I wanted to do. I wanted to homestead right. Alaska, but it, it, it's something that came about and, and uh, I said, well, maybe this will help. And then one thing led to another. But I, I met some wonderful, wonderful people like Michael Landon, for instance, and, and oh, I got awesome. to be on Highway to Heaven. And uh, Michael 
you know, he was very straightforward. Uh, little Joe, he could have just retired with that, but he went on to do a highway. And he also did a, a movie of the week, uh, his own uh, true story. He was a bedwetter. His mother would embarrass him. And he, he, would, he was a long distance runner. And he became a long distance runner because he wanted to run home and not take the bus and cut through fields and, and backyards so he could take the sheets off the, the second story landing that his mother would put out there to embarrass him. Uh, because that was her motivation to get him to, to stop. But it was a medical problem, you see. So, um, uh, uh, I mean, he didn't have to make tell that story, uh, but he did. And we, had, we actually, at lunch one day, we discussed that. And, and, and I, I, was, I was very intrigued with uh, his mindset. And then... Uh, he introduced me to some other people, another actress. Michael Ben Landon was one of the first uh, producers to hire a lot of people with uh, handicaps or disabilities. Oh, wow. Must be. And um, there were some, some uh, people on Highway to Heaven that were uh, returning uh, special guest stars. And uh, then through, uh, well, uh, um, Anthony Zerbe, who played as the partner to the angel, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, he told me that, uh, you know, he had that gruff exterior and he said uh, in acting and TV shows, et cetera, he was always, you know, the bad guy, the horrible person, the rapist, the murderer. And he wanted to get roles where he could be a good guy. And, and I, I was having lunch with him and his son, who was his stand-in and Michael Landon. And he, con he just shared the truth. He said, look, he says, I was becoming very depressed by not getting roles that I knew I could play. And, and, as, and I'm just not this horrible person, but that's the only roles I get. And he was drinking quite heavily and uh, he was very depressed about it. And he shared this, he had a conversation with Michael Landon and Michael said, well, how would you like to be on a, <laughs> on a TV show where you're the sidekick to, a, to an angel? changed his yep, life. Thank you. Right. You know, so, so the random acts of kindness, and of course he had the chops to do the, to, to do the work, but, um, you know, it, 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 it's easier and better results if we work together as opposed to uh, pointing out our differences. I think one of the, growing up, I mean, I, I still collect VHS. I, I've always loved the idea. Well, I, have, of, I have a lot of VHS. <laughs> and I always love the idea of just going to the old rental stores and just renting movies going through. But the one, props to the, whoever the Hills advised the artist was for the VHS, the original cover, but seeing your face on there, that's kind of what drew me into the movie. I must have worn that movie out every other Tuesday, renting it out. And whatever, it just made me, it's just like, I, I kind of resonated. It's the first time I resonated with a, I guess you would say your character's Pluto was a, a bad guy, but he was bad because he was misunderstood and everything going on in the world caused him to be this person. So is it, for that type of role for you, is it tough to balance that type of, yeah, this is a guy that's going to be an evil guy, but he's not evil. But you portrayed right. it like it was a perfect. Right, I, I get your drift on that. Um, well, we, had, we were a family of cannibals. Right. And we couldn't go shop, and we couldn't go shopping, and uh, <laughs> uh, any animal, including humans, was fair game. That's pretty much the, the deal. the The theme of the movie, uh, West Craven was trying to uh, present, was that at the end, the white bread family, as we called them, we all became very good friends for, for forever. Um, they had to, they had to uh, 
come, they had to defend themselves. They had to kill or be killed or be eaten. So it, it was a social commentary. Now, there was a guy named Morton Downey Jr. who had uh, his talk show and, and we, we were invited to go out and, and uh, tape a show uh, with him. And there was a lady that uh, was in a group that, that wanted to censor uh, horror movies or uh, you know, things of that nature. Yep. And, and, and she actually wanted to prosecute people that produced and, 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 and took part in, in these types of stories. And I, um, I had a chance to talk, uh, you know, on screen, and I, and I said, "Well, there are there are limits to what I, I will portray. I, I've had uh, scripts that I says I, I'll, I'll go this far. I won't do that. That can be implied. You know, there, right. there are certain things that are just obviously, you know, tasteless and unnecessary." <laughs> Uh, actually, I'd like to tell a story. And I said, look, you need a strong protagonist. So when the hero rises to the occasion, they've actually, you know, pushed themselves beyond what they thought they were capable of. So that's part of the story. That's part of the, the lesson to be learned. So I don't have a problem playing the bad guy. And I've been, uh, you know, I've been in Motley Crue, rock and roll videos, uh, Queen Latifah video. Uh, I've done comedy with Weird Science. Uh, um, I've had, I thought uh, your role in Double Dragon was, I, I remember watching the movie, I, again, I watched it on the episode probably of the week, and I'm like, when you came on, I'm like, you're just that guy, that, or that, yours, that character that just makes whatever scene that much better. And I, I don't know if it's <laughs> because people, because you're that, because you're, everyone knows who you are, I guess, but it's just very fascinating, because that's well, the best uh, part of the movie. I mean, that, oh, by it, hands it, down. You're the best it's, part of that movie. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it, it was fun. I mean, uh, uh, I actually uh, uh, shot that on a green screen, and the director was telling me what I'm supposed to be seeing and fighting and whatnot, which is a lot oh, of fun. Wow. Um, the um, uh, let's see what. Uh, oh yeah, like in Weird Science. I mean, you like it? You know, okay, we're a threat, but then you know, John Hughes says. You know, what if, what if these kids are brats all during the week and these guys have a magical moment where they can kind of get, you know, get back at them? Um, you know, what if he's a school teacher? And, and so we just, we made that line up like about one minute before we shot it. Um, How fascinating for you is that you can work with someone like from Wes Craven to John Hughes and then Rob Zombie. Like you're looking at a wide spectrum of directors that, respect you as an actor, but it must be very fascinating for you when you kind of can look back one day and just be like, man, I've worked with all these great directors. It's been a blessing. Uh, probably one of the most intriguing, uh, well, Ruggiero Deodato, we always go to someplace exciting. We, we've been to the Amazon uh, down in Guyana. Uh, uh, Richard Lynch, who's um, sort of <laughs> missed, so a, a very complex person. Uh, I, I don't know if you know why he had the, the burns on his, on his body. I did not know. Uh, uh, Richard Lynch is a very powerful actor, and, and he Amazing was one of, one of the uh, leading men, very handsome fellow, um, very manly, uh, just a super wonderful person. And he was so upset with our involvement in uh, uh, Southeast Asia. Um, and it was just tearing him up inside that you know, a lot of innocent villagers and, and just people that lived in those areas, Cambodia and Thailand, all those areas, were just caught up in a whirlwind of 
geopolitical crap and and you know i'm sorry I, i'm not a big fan of war right um, don't, don't it should be um so he was in toronto and he went to a public square and had them roll film and he's uh, called the news uh, the news stations and said i am an actor and i am a uh, uh, a citizen of the of the of the world and I would like to offer my body as my way of saying, um, um, I'm sorry to what uh, my country is doing to the people wow. in, in this area. He was on LSD at the time and set himself on fire. And he lived. Jeez. Now that's the gentleman, uh, I mean, he's one of the most, he was one of the kindest, most philosophical, uh, deep-seated, uh, friends that I had the, the blessings to meet. Uh, he was a very amazing person. Um, I, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people wonder, you know, why I don't have hair. Well, I had to have a craniectomy. Um, it's just short and sweet. My dad went on a secret mission. Um, he was a neurologist and they sent him to uh, Hiroshima. Wow! Have, after after the explosion, after they after they dropped the bomb. Yep. Before I was born, and um, so he was radiated. He was at ground zero. I have a photograph which I will never share with anyone other than if you happen to be home, and there it is. Right. Um, pictures. Uh, he was not supposed to take photographs, but uh, there is a wall that he took pictures of, and there is a black. Uh, shadows of vaporized human beings infused into concrete wall. Wow. I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of splitting the atom. There's a lot of other ways to yep. turn, on a, turn on a light bulb and uh, I'll just come straight to the chase. Um, you know, uh, you put my family in jeopardy, all bets are off. But if you want to send my children to go to some other zip code, so the, uh, the masters of war to sell the munitions to both sides and every side and fund these conflicts. I'm sorry, the leader should be in a cage in a box with rocks and bricks and uh, we'll watch it on pay-per-view and have a cold one. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, into it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a bit, uh, I, I'm all for protection uh, of the innocent, but I'm not a fan of uh, rah, 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 let's go, you know, fire up the cannons and everything else, you know. I was in ROTC. I was in ROTC for two years. Oh, wow. I was reloading an NRA card when I was ten. Um, uh, my sergeant major in in, in ROTC was uh, uh, Sergeant Major Meehan. He was he taught military history. Uh, he was one of the original ten Green Berets. Wow. Yeah, so I learned, uh, you give me a you know give me a grand and a sling, and uh, I'll I'll drop them right where you want them. I but, love that. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's wonderful ordinance. I'm, uh, I like shooting it. On the Devil's Rejects, like I, I, th I think Rob Zombie does an awesome job bringing back, not bringing back, but working with people like yourself, uh, Ken Forey, Meg Foster, all these legends. How much fun was it for you to kind of film a movie like that where it's like all these guys that you kind of hang out with at the conventions and people adore? just to have fun, like, do you have control over that character? Or is Rob like, hey, Michael, put this outfit on if you like it, have fun with this character? That's pretty much his approach. Uh, he, he, gives you, he gives you a basic sketch. I mean, just by reading the script, reaction and scene, so you can get an idea of what is required 
you know, for the arc, for the, for the various components of the story that they're telling. And um, uh, he, he would be at the monitor watching and we would just kind of go for it and he would be nodding his head like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a delight to work with such talented people who have so much uh, uh, history and, and, and uh, um, chops, so to speak. And it's all one big giant family. The conventions are, are great in the same manner. We see people that, that we've worked with in the past and, and um, it, it's a great community. Uh, the horror conventions are just, uh, I find them quite delightful and see fans that you've, you've met 20, 30 years ago and now their kids right. are growing up and they have their kids there. And um, conventions are a lot of fun. Now uh, you mentioned your fans and obviously to have that type of respect, mutual respect towards your fans, yourself, and vice versa. But it must be a true testament to yourself that you actually did put, you portrayed characters and did work that really resonated with people. And for them to, to just want to take a picture with you or just get your autograph, I mean, that's gotta be such a cool feeling. Well, it really, it really is. It's, it's, it's full circle from where I was as a kid to uh, how, right. where I wound up. In my book, I explained the serendipity of, uh, of an event that took place that put me in a position uh, zip code wise uh, that just allowed uh, an opportunity to arrive right right at, you know right in front of me and I go wow oh okay and um, it's it's pretty fascinating uh, uh, tale um, let's see what else um, one of the one of the, <laughs> one of the things I was curious about like one of the main reasons why to reach out is because in that sense you have this love of conservation and the environment which is awesome but you also spent almost a decade on a wolf sanctuary now how did that come about like just tell me about that how what sure. that's like sure i uh, uh well i had two years of uh, pre-veterinary science in at the university of california san luis obispo and uh, and uh, uh i've always been around dogs and cats and had pets and um, I, at the time I was pretty dirt poor and, uh, I found a place to rent for like 90 bucks a month out in the high desert. And yep. it's a little tiny in Lucerne Valley, <laughs> not much to it. And, uh, there was a gal there that, uh, Tanya Carloni had uh, the sanctuary and it's for, uh, people that have wills illegally and uh, they either have to be put down or they need a place to be, uh, uh, you know, to live out their lives. So um, I wound up uh, kind of caretaking there, and then if I had a job, I could I could fail. We became very very good friends, and um, you know, clean the cages, certain wolves. You have to learn their behavior, which ones uh, you can uh, uh, hang with, which ones uh, have been abused or whatever. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian, so uh, but my my fingers are in there. I don't still have the dexterity <laughs> to do that, um, and I ran out of money and did other things, but. Um, I, uh, I've always been involved in uh, uh, um, the natural world, so to speak. I love science. Uh, when I was a young, young teenager, I, I signed up to the Smithsonian Institute. They, they put out an, uh, a pamphlet and, and an article. They probably, I'm sure it's online now. It's called Sea Secrets. It's through the Smithsonian. I was a scuba diver. I was a um, trained uh, Naui uh, uh, a diver. And uh, you do it all when I was a sophomore in high school and um, used to do a, a, my, a buddy of mine and we went to college together. He was my dive partner. Um, 
uh, dove all up and down the coast uh, from Oregon to uh, San Diego. And um, so when you're in the ocean and, and, and there's a fish and there's you and, and the tides, everything moves at the same distance. It's really quite remarkable. And then you can, you can, you can identify uh, changes like in, in, in water temperature, uh, scallops have like disappeared. There is such a thing as science. Uh, the earth is warming and, and, and a lot of it is because of our footprint, so to speak. Um, and the changes to reverse take decades. So it's good to teach kids uh, uh, appreciation. Get out of the house, go out, go for a walk in the woods, learn, you know, um, uh, be aware, you know, collect plants, learn about them. All of that stuff is just really, really important. It's amazing um, how this all goes back to Hills Have Eyes, where you were, from the beginning, you've always been a survivalism guy. From to play a character that was affected by nuclear fallout, all this crazy environmental destruction. Now here you are, because you're trying to preserve the environment, helping these animals. You just, it's kind of cool that you actually, like it's just very fascinating, Michael. Like it's just a very <laughs> cool, inspiring story you have. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's something that I mean, um, the the natural world. Uh, we've been very blessed with a, a class nine blue planet, and it's kind of beautiful. Yep. I remember, um, I was I was at a convention. I think it was at Atlanta. I'm not sure. And I was walking through the underground parking area to go into the lobby, and there was a lady wearing. Uh, she looked like a scientist, and she was. She had a white smock on and she had a, uh, a hand cart with all these bo white boxes with uh, pictures in them, yeah, quite a few. So I, I was, uh, you know, bringing that in with her into the lobby. She's getting checked in and we had a conversation. I said, uh, so what do you do? She goes, uh, she does uh, uh, imaging for the Hubble, uh, 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 Hubble telescope. And, and she says, all of these photos I have are free. They're paid wow. taxpayer dollars and uh, I want to hand them out. And she gave me a couple of them. I still have them there. You know, I mean, crab nebulas, the whole nine yards. And then, of course, the most powerful image that I remember as a child was the first image of Earth from outer space. And that should make you humble. That should make you proud. That's your home. I mean, you're where you know yep. we're supposed to be from, you know, uh, the breath of life into dust to dust. You know, all of that, all of that stuff that we learn. And it's not trivial. It's it, it's. Uh, it's something to uh, make us humble and uh, aware and poignant and and uh, appreciative. Uh, appreciation is one of my favorite words. You know, if something's if something's uh, affecting you and, and you can't find a way to settle into it, then uh, uh, maybe you need to put it aside or uh, re reassess how you're how you're approaching it. Uh, it's like it's like uh, uh, what is it? Uh, oh yeah. Um, you're not obligated to accept negative gifts. Uh, I came up with that. Yep. You know, it's not an obligation to accept negative gifts. Do you and, follow and, and, everything going on right now with like uh, Tesla and SpaceX and Mars? Like, is that stuff blowing yeah, your mind? Yeah, uh, Tesla is uh, uh, very fascinating. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when I was living in Santa Monica, uh, our garage faced another garage and the gentleman in that garage our neighbor had a laboratory in there wow and he he developed the parabolic dish he was thomas edison's lab assistant he taught physics <laughs> taught physics at ucla so anytime Amazing. i had a science, a science project i would go over with him with you know with the formula and whatnot we would do the math then we would do a practical experiment 
So science is pretty darn cool. I, I, I like science. Uh, I, I, again, it, it's a tool and uh, it's powerful information. It's how we use our tools to what end. Um, like, um, well, back in the, the movie, The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman, you know, the, the, the guy says he's graduated and he's at the party, he's all confused. Yeah. Like, Plastics, Ben. Well, I was a diver for years and years and years, and I start seeing the pollution in, in, in the ocean, and, and uh, it's tremendously disturbing to know that there are uh, con con confluences of of, of, of tidal streams in the ocean where it's just the size of Nevada, and it's just all plastic, and, and people go you know, out of sight, out of mind. No, I don't think so. And it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Eventually, it grinds down. Now it's it's in the food chain. I mean, really? I mean, fascinating. I, I know people that you, I used to get into arguments with us because they you know they go, oh, you know, they throw out some stupid, oh, you're a dumb hippie, tree hugger, like whatever. I, I says, you know, okay. If you can't understand the importance of of not trashing your own home, or your planet. Uh, recycling is a good thing. Maybe you should see a movie called, uh, um, I think it's Silent Running. Okay. It's it, it's about a spaceship. Uh, uh, I think it's Silent Running. Uh, it's, it, it's a spaceship in, and it's the last forest on Earth. Oh, wow. And uh, Earth has become so polluted and, and damaged, they're, they're, they're trying to get, uh, they're saying, okay, we're gonna un we're gonna end this program. So you, uh, as Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern is, is alone on this ship, uh, and there's a couple of robots that that roll along and they take care of the forest, and, and he leaves them in charge. And instead of uh, coming back to Earth and and rendezvousing alone and blowing it up like they wanted them to, uh, he reprogrammed it to where his robot buddies, and he found a. Uh, uh, a star system with uh, uh, a yellow sun, you know, to where the forest, forest would survive. And I've been to the Amazon. I've been into Guyana. I've been on the Orinoco River and the Caribbean River. And uh, um, it's uh, the la uh, Emerald Forest. There's another good movie oh, wow. to watch, Emerald Forest with uh, um, um, Booth Powers. And his son gets uh, he, he's his son gets kidnapped and and raised as an indigenous person and then years later uh, he meets his father again and of course they're they're mowing down the rainforest so they can grow cows and yeah. sell burgers. I mean, I I was a meat cutter in college. I, I I had a lot of different jobs and you know from New Zealand and and Argentina and but my lord, I mean, there are smarter ways. To, if you have to have the money, you can get the money, but you don't have the right to uh, cause harm. I hear you. Kind of a Hippocratic thing. I mean, so. I hear you. Uh, but kids, I mean, when we were kids, they grownups just sort of kids were invisible. They would say duck and cover. Well, the, and another <laughs> wonderful movie by Joe Dante, uh, where. Um, uh, it's the one where the kid gets in trouble because uh, the, the girl gets in trouble because she's uh, not going to duck and cover because she's telling the truth about what happens and won't protect you from a nuclear blast. 
I uh, forget the name of that movie off the top of my head, but it's a, it's, it's a great little flick. When you can put in information and also right. entertain, it, it, it's a really, really cool thing. Now, there's a comedian called Brett Butler, and yes. uh, 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 she does a commentary about Bill Hicks, another genius that has passed too soon. And she says, I'll tell you something really funny, and then I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you uncomfortable, make you think. And then I'm going to let you off the hook and tell you something funny again. And she was commenting about Bill Hicks. And she said, you know, Bill Hicks, uh, he didn't hold anything back. You know, he, he, he just put it all out there. But it still make you laugh. And you're, and you're laughing and you're going, I shouldn't be laughing. But it, it, the idea is to make it poignant. The idea is to, is to wake you up. Because uh, uh, lethargy and, uh, and um, just sitting in front of the boob tube eating candy is no life. There's a, the, and there's another great short story by uh, uh, Edgar H.G. Uh, Wells in, in his uh, uh, compilation of short stories. And it's called The Machine Stops. And it's uh, post-apocalypse, post-nuclear war. Everybody's right. living underground. We all have filtered air, blah, blah, blah. Nobody ever goes to the surface. And it's a love story about this, this guy and this gal. And he works in the archives where nobody goes. Uh, I still have a library card. Uh, you know, people <laughs> right. don't read anymore. They don't know anything about the surface. And when they want something on their TV screen, they push a button, there it is. Well, the machine starts to falter. And he knows where the old tunnels are. It takes you to the surface. So they escape and there's chaos because uh, uh, nobody's being, everybody's, you know, fighting for, uh, you know, what food is left because the machine, and, and it's chaos. So they make it to the surface and they go, wow, Garden of Eden, it's beautiful, et cetera, et cetera. The only problem is uh, they die in each other's arms because they, uh, of the dust in the air and they've lived underground and too sequestered. Yeah. I am blown so, away by so, your, your, I mean, you know, movies, you know, history, science, poetry, authors, it's just, it's kind of blown my mind how, like, just amazing of a, just a person you are, Michael, and before I let you go. I can't stay on track. <laughs> no, I, I'm just blown away by because you know, like, you're my, you're, if I'm on a reality TV show and I need, like, a photo friend, I, yeah. uh, I'm calling Michael. He knows everything. Uh, no, I'm just, old, go, just done a lot of things. <laughs> you uh, and you've lived a great life, and it's inspiring. So, well, thank you. Well, but before you I let you go, um, you mentioned your book. You're in the process of writing, but obviously, COVID has obviously affected your industry in terms of TV and movies. But is there any other projects you got coming up that you're looking forward to film? Or, and I know you're on Facebook, but any other social media and stuff like that. I've got a website, michaelberryman.com, and you can get awesome. uh, pictures and, and some uh, um, some clothing items. Uh, I'll, I'll be putting the word out to everybody uh, once. Uh, um, in a couple of weeks, I'll have it finished, and I'll send it off to my manager and uh, the publisher. And so that's that's still in the process. I'm just about in about two weeks, I'll have the last pages done. Uh, COVID, I finally got my shot. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's my that's my wolf tattoo. I got two of those. But anyway, um, uh, yes. Uh, thank you for allowing us to uh, uh, go on different sides of the street because uh, uh, a lot of uh, 
a lot of interviews are, you know, right down the IMDb list, and I guess so boring. Well, it's like, it, it's, I've always, it's, it's, here's the thing, and I know we kind of talked about this before this, but I started this last March, May, when COVID first hit, because my industry is security, I'm not doing events, I'm not doing tours, protecting celebrities, but I wanted to do something where I could learn, still learn, whether it's human trafficking, uh, about domestic violence, wildlife conservation, martial arts, whatever can fall into this band of uh, security. And I started realizing there's also a lot of actors and people out there that I might not know like their background or whatever, but I know a character they portrayed that made me want to become who I wanted to be. Whether I wanted to be a good guy, law enforcement, secret service, the bad guys you would play or bad guys someone else would play or the hero, they would inspire me to do what I want to do. And so I made a list of like 50 people that I would love to have on here within the year. You're on that list. And here we are. Here and, we are. Uh, it, it's very, uh, it's very cool. And I, it's fun to talk to you about, I, I don't, here's the thing. I love all your movies. I, I can, I can talk about Hills of Eyes for weeks or Double Dragon or X-Files there's, episodes. There's a couple that are uh, asleep, like Andrew Getty's movie, The Evil Within, the original title, right. Storyteller, which I preferred, but uh, that's a good, that, that's a very, inter it's very the interesting. The is great too. The, the Guyver is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you're right about the security. I actually, uh, to make extra money, uh, work for, for a bail bondsman. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, you, that's know, you kicking down that suit, door? Suit up, raise your hands, get sworn in, put in all, put on all your gear, and here's who we're dealing with. Oh, very interesting. And you were right by the numbers, and I make a couple hundred bucks cash, and I came in handy. But yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of things, and uh, that's um, awesome um there's certain street smarts that you learn over time and uh, depending on your background and, and uh, it's always good to learn something new every day um, i love that yeah and well, uh all i can say is uh, uh stay safe and uh take care of your loved ones and family and tomorrow's a brand new day so make the awesome. best of it. thank you michael be safe we'll talk soon be safe thank you very much Bye. how's it going everyone john here the host of spear talk you might not know this, but before I record an episode, I like to break a sweat. And I do that using the Chop Fit. Over the course of the past year, the Chop Fit has allowed me to lose weight, tone up my body, and feel even more amazing about myself. A feeling that you should all feel about yourselves as well. If you use this code, SPEARCHOP10, you get $10 off your order. Once again, use code SPEARCHOP10 for $10 off your Chop Fit order. It'll change your life. Thank you. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.